You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Dylan Terriman and Alex Varallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. These are your hosts for the evening. I'm Alex Varallo, joined with Dylan Terriman. Dylan, how are we doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing really good. I, uh... Opened my mail today, and I got Coach Westoff's book, Figure It Out, right there at my front door, just like he said. Took less than a week to come in, and I'm also doing good because talking to you feels like I'm talking to a celebrity, Mr. Episode 4 of Flight 2022. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah, that was uh, definitely a big shock for me, and um, what the listeners may not understand what Dylan is talking about is uh, a couple sound clips came from our draft show back in April. And uh, yours truly got a couple clips in that episode four mark right in the first 10 minutes. Uh, so if you recognize my voice, maybe you know what uh, Dylan and I are talking about. But if you go back and, and you review episode four from the uh, the Jets YouTube show, um, yeah, yours truly is out there and uh, humbled, uh, just happy to be here, as they say, um, pleasantly surprised and shocked. And uh got to say, I love what we do here for Jet Nation, and uh, being able to talk about our favorite team is a blessing, and um, yeah, just kind of just, you know, living vicariously through this team, uh, more or less, is what I'm trying to say, and I'm a little lost for words, because uh, I'm still getting the chills thinking about it, but uh, Dylan, we do have a special guest uh, for this evening, mm-hmm. Uh, from the Daily News, DJ Enemy is going to be joining us, um, waiting for him to come onto the studio. But, uh, yeah, while we're uh, waiting for the man of the hour to come on, well, what would you think of the uh, the episodes? I, th- I definitely thought it was a great show. I uh, I ended up waiting till Saturday to watch it. Uh, I was home alone all day with the dog, so I got a chance to watch all five uninterrupted. Um started dozing off a little bit when I got into episode five, so I had to go back and rewatch it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. The inside look at all the draft picks was cool, and I I hope that they continue to build on this series every year because getting the the deep dive into the new additions, whether it's free agency or draft, is always fun, and I think that Joe Douglas clip of trying to trade up for Jermaine Johnson is uh, one of my favorite clips by far of that. They said uh, Jermaine Johnson left the meeting, come up and get me. And that's what they did. So I love that the Jets stayed true to their word, and I love that we get to see a little background behind the scenes on it. So I thought it was great. What were your thoughts? Yeah, that's got to be the coolest part about it. We don't see enough of the background work, the names that you don't read about or hear about every day. And, you know, there's guys working out, you know, within the organization tirelessly. Uh, 24-7, you know, 52 weeks out of the year, these guys are plugged in reading and writing scouting reports. And you can definitely tell that a lot of these guys probably have had some some sleepless nights, maybe a few hours of sleep here and there. But you can tell that a lot of work and effort was put into that show. And 
uh, it's like having our own little mini hard knock. So uh, very exciting when they put that stuff together. I don't think you can not have enough content for us Jets fans. We, we definitely love every minute of those little shows, and hopefully there will be some more down the line. Uh, Dylan, I do happen to see a caller in the studio, so this may be the man of the hour. Let's just check. DJ, is this you? It is. Right on. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Enemy from the Daily News, our special guest for the evening. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing great. Uh, you know, like I said, when I reached out to you, I've been meaning to uh, send this request for quite some time. Um, I didn't know your timeline, uh, you know, with your outfit right now was uh, coming to an end. But uh, I'm very, very happy that you were able to pencil us in for this week. And uh, we can pick your brain to see what's going on with the New York Jets because everybody here from Jet Nation, I have to say, I think that you're one of my favorite from the beat and what you have brought to the table. It's just like a breath of fresh air. Uh, Your tweets are very descriptive. It makes me feel like I'm actually there on the sideline uh, checking Mm -hmm. out the team. So, you know, we appreciate all the work that you have done. Um, but, uh, Dylan and I are very excited to talk to you and, uh, just, you know, find out what your experience has been like, uh, with the New York Jets. And, uh, I'm just going to come out with my first question for the night. And, uh, how did a Miami fan end up covering the New York Jets? Um, so it's like, when you're trying to find a, when you're like trying to become a beat reporter, you kind of got to put your fandom to the side. Not kind of, you have to put your fandom to the side. And that's what kind of made it easy. And I knew that, like, you know, this is a great opportunity for me. And I don't usually let my fandom ever influence how I think about the Jets or how I cover the Jets or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, a fan doesn't pay my bills covering the Jets does. Or at least it did. So, um, it was, that was kind of easy for me. I already had paid a lot of attention to the Jets prior to me hopping on the beat. Obviously, they were in the, the division of my favorite team, and I, my best friend is a Jets fan. Um, and I was a, believe it or not, I was a big Sam Darnold fan um, coming out of oh, USC wow. and like those first two years. Yeah, I was I, I was a, I was a believer in Sam, so I paid attention. Oh, oh, and I really liked. Jamal Adams, I really liked his get down, I really like how he played. So like, you know, I always say I always paid attention and you know, even going back to like, you know, during my early child not my early childhood of me watching football, it just really good and they had like really good players, like, you know, obviously Darrell, you know what I'm saying? Like so things like that. So it wasn't really Yeah, they were quote unquote like the rival, but like in my opinion, like the Jets were never ever a team that I had like this vengeance and vitriol for that was for the Patriots. Like, like why would I, mm-hmm. be, you know, beefing with the Jets when, like, the Patriots are the team that ruins my season before week one even arrives? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And growing up as a kid, I always remember the biggest rivals were between the Dolphins and the Jets. And somehow, you know, with Bill Belichick and uh, Coach Parcells and all that drama, you know, it just kind of turned into this new uh, rivalry between the Patriots and the Jets. And, and they've had some great matches, but I still kind of feel growing up as a Jets fan that 
you know, the ultimate rival. I always want, you know, to, to, to beat the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I thought I was the bad curse because I always travel to go see my family down in Florida when the <laughs> Dolphins are hosting the Jets. And I don't think we've beaten you guys in your house in the last, I want to say, four years, maybe five years. So uh, maybe I should stay home uh, the next for this uh, upcoming game in January. But, uh, you know, I know my family wants me to come down there. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to stay in the parking lot or something for that. But, uh, <laughs> DJ, uh, you were there last year. You, you saw – Zach Wilson as a rookie and, you know, Coach LaFleur and Coach Solid in their rookie seasons and everything like that. Uh, what can you say has changed? Is there a major difference from what you're seeing today in 2022 compared to last year? So I think um, Zach is a lot more decisive with his reads in the sense that he's, low, he's placing his eyes where they need to be placed a lot more consistently play in and play out. So that is was the biggest emphasis throughout the off season and they have addressed that. Completely addressed that and that's where a lot of the energy is focused on for Zach. Because we all know he has arm talent. We all know he can do stuff off platform. But like play and play out, it's about making sure you can read defenses from the offensive perspective, not from how you want to read it because the way the plays are, you know, scripted in a way that you have to read it within the confines of the offense, not, you know, doing, you know, a whole bunch of extra stuff that sometimes he caught himself doing because, you know, he was used to being able to have that autonomy to read defenses in a, you know, full field way at BYU, you know what I'm saying? Because obviously he was just more talented than everybody and he had all day in the pocket, and NFL windows are a lot tighter. Um, the windows are a lot tighter, and obviously your offensive line isn't going to give you five, six days to throw the ball. So he's gotten a lot better with that, than a lot, so that, that's helped him be more decisive. So a lot of it comes down to interesting his eyes, and I think he's been a lot better with that. That's great. Yeah, it's good news, and it looks like uh, he has not skipped any of his workout days, and he's put on a lot of muscle mass. I believe I read something that he was around uh, 208 to 210 last season, and now he's pushing around 220, uh, maybe a little bit more. I know that sometimes things get a little, uh, uh, you know, emphasized or they get uh, beefed up as, you know, the, the story goes from one person to the next. But he does significantly look like he has a stronger frame to work with and, you know, perhaps that can help him with his durability. And, you know, there were some passes, I, I believe, where they were gimmies, you know, those shorter uh, passes within the flat. You know, you'd see him kind of lose a little bit of air and life in that ball. And it kind of seems like now um, he, he's put on a little bit more muscle mass. So maybe it'll be a little bit easier for him to get that quick release out. Uh, so I'm definitely excited for that. Now, in your opinion, would you say that, the Jets have improved their roster with this off season and, and the current draft? Um, absolutely. Like, there are, I mean, this, not even like the draft, because, like, the rookies, like, on a surface level, it seems like, you know, you just added some abundance of talent, which you kind of did, but rookies are still rookies, and 
they're like they're receiving information through a fire hydrant. You know what I'm saying? Like they are overwhelmed with information at this point in time. You know, they're trying to figure out where they gotta be. Each each play, you know what I'm saying, then they gotta execute that play and now they're gonna get more talent. So there's just a lot more going through their line. But I think um obviously they improved the offensive line with adding like Thompson. They added a cornerback Nija who I really like. They got Jordan Whitehead who who looked good during OTAs. Um I like the under you know, underrated move in Jacob Martin, obviously Two tight ends and CJ Uzama and Tyler Conkley. Tyler Conkley probably going to be tight end number one, you know. And I really did like I really like the Brees Hall addition. I think out of all the rookies, Brees Hall probably be the best one in year one because running back is such an easy and seamless transition for them. So I think in year one he'll probably be have the he probably have the most impact on all the rookies. Like how much the impact will be, we'll see. But I think he'll have a seamless have a very seamless tra- uh, transition. Um, but yeah, man, the roster across the board is a lot better. I think that's what's kind of impressive that like. Zach was executing the offense better, but he had more up and down days through OTAs compared to last year, because the offense was was pushing him and really challenging last year. It was pitch and catch for him the majority of the off season. Right on, uh, Dylan. Uh, why don't you go ahead and um, jump in here and hit DJ with a couple of your questions? Yeah, for sure. Again, thank you, DJ, for joining us. I feel like. Uh, We've talked about this privately, Alex, and I having you on, so I'm glad that we were able to uh, get you in before you do leave and move on to uh, other endeavors. Uh, my first question, though, is about the cornerback position. Um, how do you personally see the, the position as a whole playing out? I think there are some out there uh, that still think Bryce Hall is a starter on this defense, and I know that a few months ago on the Badlands podcast, you mentioned that opposing teams weren't afraid to throw at Bryce Hall because, at worst, it would be a pass breakup. I was wondering if you see a non-injury scenario where Bryce Hall is a starter for the Jets in week one. <clears throat> I know you mentioned uh, rookies being in a, a bit of a fire hydrant information-wise, and if that would hinder uh, Sauce Gardner from being a starter alongside what we presume DJ Reed at $11 million, uh, a year. Yeah, um, no shot. No shot. Because, again, like, <laughs> they invested number four. Over, it maybe it's like they drafted – a cornerback was like the 35th overall pick or they drafted a cornerback with the 26th overall pick and maybe. It's not in the top four. You know, like this is New York media. Do you, could you, can you imagine the amount of stories that will be dropping if Sauce isn't a starter by week one, like Bryce right. is starting over him? It'd be insanity. Like, yeah, it would be crazy. Well, could I see a scenario where Bryce starts and like DJ Reed is in the slot? Um, and talking on the outside, maybe, maybe, but like I doubt that because like I could I completely doubt that because they love Michael Carter like Michael Carter, they love Michael Carter so like I don't see that happening like they paid DJ Reed eleven million dollars to play on the outside and not to play in the slot either so yeah I I think better put a percentage I probably put it at like point seventy five not even like a full one percent because there's just like I think that. At the end of the day, it's the NFL's politics, and the politics right now say, okay, DJ Reed, we paying you $11 million, so I took you in the top, we took you the number four overall pick. Y'all too sorry. So. Yeah, and, and you mentioned I was surprised that there was any DJ Reed in the slot talk because of how much they do talk about Michael Carter. So I, I assumed it was the way that you said it, Sauce and Reed on the outside with Carter starting in the nickel. 
Um, piggybacking off that question, though, do you think the cornerback position is poised to make the biggest leap on defense? If not, what position group is on defense and which position group is poised to make the biggest leap on offense as well? Um, so I think uh, this year, I think, you know, per unit, I think that the safety unit, man, is going uh, to be like night and day compared to what we saw at the end of the year last year. I really like what I've seen from Jason Pinnock. He's made plays a lot. He's, he's made plays like, like he looks like a – he could be a quality starter in the NFL. Um, who else? Obviously, LaMarcus Joyner looked good. Uh, he looked good last year. He got hurt early, and I, and I, and I like Jordan Whitehead. So I think that can make the biggest jump. Um, I mean, yeah, you can mention cornerback, but, like, Safety was just as bad, if not worse, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's just not as a much of a proof uh, within the scheme where, like, it's just more interchangeable. And then on offense, I think, tight end. Because tight end was just – it was a, it was a doormat. Since Dustin Keller, I saw that one year from Chris Herndon. So I absolutely believe that um, tight end for sure. Because C.J. Uzama – People underestimate the value of having a good starting player, right? Like, like whether it's a linebacker, offensive line, or safety, or cornerback, just having quality, a quality starter. A guy that you know, he might not be a superstar, not a pro bowler, but you know he's not going to mess up, he'll do what he's supposed to do, and he's going to be a good locker room guy. You know, so that's what C.J. Zama is. I think Tyler Conn is a little bit better. But, again, those are two quality starting NFL caliber tight end. That's just something that the Jets across the board, where it's a tight end position, running back position, O line, receiver, whatever, whatever, D line, whatever. Now they just didn't have a, a lot of that last year. Where it was like there's quality starters and quality. Yeah, I remember like injuries will happen. Like somebody is going to get hurt, and what do you have behind that person to step in and be able to contribute? And I think that cornerback, um, the Jets are in a very good spot. I think that at tight end, they're at a really good spot. Um, receiver, they're at, a, they're at a good spot. Yeah, they're at a good spot. Same with running back in terms of depth, you know, because, again, like if somebody has to miss a game, you know, you have to – you've got to hope that you have guys that can step in and they can still make plays, so. Yeah, I think it's been a long time since the Jets were – even good at those skill positions, but I think every Jets fan would agree tight end on offense. And I'm glad you said safety on defense because I think it is overlooked due to all the injuries and the the Jason Pinnock switch from corner to safety that happened. I feel like it kind of went swept under the rug that safety, while it's not a, you know, dominant position in this defense, it is important and they did drastically improve the position. Um, all right, my next one. In your opinion, do you think the Jets have a realistic shot to win games within the division? Uh, I don't want to put you against your favorite team, the Dolphins, here, but uh, they don't seem to stand a chance against Buffalo as it currently stands. Uh, New England has a coaching advantage that the Jets can never seem to overcome, so it looks like Miami would be the on-paper easiest target to win the divisional game, and I was wondering if you think the Jets do have a shot against either Miami or New England or, you know, the, the long shot against Buffalo this year? I mean, I think they got a shot against all of them. I mean, like, week 18, they played Buffalo down to the fourth quarter. 
And obviously the offense is just going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they've actually, they've actually broke through. I mean, like the New England game, let's be honest, like if Zach can throw four interceptions in week two, they're right in it because, like, they didn't get obliterated. They didn't get obliterated. Like, they lost, I believe, like 20, 25 to six or something like that. It was some weird number, but they didn't get obliterated. Even with Zach playing as poorly as he did, like, it was still a game, just, you know. And then the Dolphins game, both, the, the second game came down to the last drive. And then I think the first game, it was a tie game at half. And then, obviously, the Dolphins eventually, like, pulled away. And then, you know, the Jets finally, I think they scored. Um, they were down by 10 with, like, a little bit of the Dolphins on prevent defense. But, like, they were, most of the games were competitive, you know. So, yeah, I think they could beat the Dolphins. They could beat the Patriots. Obviously, I wouldn't bet them to beat the Bills. But, like, you never know. Uh, this is a divisional game, you know. So, like, when it comes to divisional games, you just never know. Like, you saw the Jaguars beat the Colts week 18 for, like, when the Colts needed that game when they get in and they and they lost. So, yeah, absolutely. I could see the Jets for sure um, win, a play, um, win multiple divisional games. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really that high on the Patriots. And – we still got to see how mm-hmm. all these people come together for the Dolphins. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's good that you mentioned the, the Buffalo game week 18 because a lot of Jets fans were already thinking about the offseason throughout that game. And C.J. Mosley himself on the Jets official podcast said that that might have been their best defensive game as a unit. So you could see that they were quick and they held the, the bills, like you said, and then uh, obviously they're going to break through eventually. Um, my last question is a non-football question, but I believe you have asked a handful of players, uh, Carl Lawson, Ty Johnson included, about their interest in anime shows. And I was wondering if you could f- share your favorite anime or an anime that you would recommend to somebody who hasn't watched a ton before but is looking to get into it. Yeah, so the best anime in the world to ever exist is obviously Dragon Ball Z, without question. Um, nice. I, uh, but, yeah, man, no, I just – I mean, I just, you know, grew up watching Dragon Ball. I, I, to be honest, that's, like, the only anime I watched. I watched a little bit of Attack on Titans, but, like, I don't know why. I just kind of always get distracted and I don't finish it. But, yeah, man, I've always, you know, I, I mean, that one thing about when you're covering a team that you got to do is find it, their interest outside of sports and they ask some questions about that because, like, you know, it can get monotonous when it's just a simple, typical, why can't you guys have to run or, what do you guys, what are the keys for you guys to win? And you're going to get mm-hmm. your answers. Sometimes, you know, you want to kind of change it up just so you can get a little more flavor for the conversation. Um, Z, man, is yeah. the GOAT. That's the GOAT anime right there. That That's what so many people's childhood. I mean, I've heard people say, like, others are better, other animes are better, which I believe, but I don't think any of them have the quote-unquote impact that, you know, that one has. Sure, yeah, you can't go wrong with a staple. And and I think it's important that you do go ask the questions about what the players' interests are because the Jets press conferences, you know, they do get a little monotonous, but we do appreciate you coming in and asking your, your film-related questions, really getting the most out of these coaches because you really make them think. I've come on the show numerous times and used, you know, questions that you ask and the answers, and we're breaking them down. And it's, you just get the most out of the questions that you ask compared to the others. So, so I appreciate it. And, and we're going to miss you here uh, covering the Jets. And I'm not sure if you can say where you're going next, but, but if you can, we'd love for you to, to plug it. Man, I appreciate the love, man. You know, Jeff, man, I always, again, I've gone on a few podcasts, and I've just talked about my experience a little bit. And, you know, like, Jeff fans made it fun. 
You know, that's why I'm like, you know, let me go on some Jet Fan podcasts and just, you know, talk, mm-hmm. chop it up with them a little bit. Because, again, like, you guys made it fun, like, the interactions, the discussions, the debates, all that. Like, because, again, like, even what, you know, if I face trolls or whatever, but for the most part, when I, when I went out to the tailgates and stuff, you know, it was much, it was just love. From, it's all love, you know, yep. Exactly, so. Yeah, right on. Uh, I have to agree with uh, Dylan there, too. I, I always feel that certain guys are looking to, you know, get the nitty-gritty questions, the more dramatic questions. You know, I'm not going to say clickbait and things like that, but stuff that seems outside the element of the game. And, and I like how you always kind of keep the focus on the X's and O's and things like that. And, you know, for guys like Dylan and I, you know, we, we live for those kind of questions, and, and we like hearing the feedback. Um, from the organization when they talk ball because, uh, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, live my childhood dream and, and be the next Emmett Smith when I was 10 years old. That's right. You know, <laughs> I hope I'd be one day. Um, you know, now I can vicariously live through this team and, and uh, it still keeps me close to the game, you know, even though it's been, you know, well over 20 years since I even had cleats on. Uh, but I do just have a couple more questions for you. Uh before we let you go, DJ, and, uh, you know, we always hear, you know, the same thing about the same players. Everyone's talking about, you know, Makai Becton, is he too big? Is he one cheeseburger away from this or that? And uh, we just kind of feel that there are certain players that are just not getting any attention. Do you, can you foresee a particular sleeper coming out this year that isn't being talked about enough? Yeah, just Pinot for sure. I think if yeah, I think you know a battle between him and, and Joiner in training camp. I think if he has a good training camp, like that. he could. Yeah, if he has a good training camp, he could end up starting. And if he can start it with Joiner, then that lets you know that like he's really like earned that spot. He really stole that spot. So yeah, Joiner for I mean Jason Pinot for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I love his body frame. I I always kind of like saw him. I was like, man, he's so big for a corner. You know. I would have pegged him easily for safety, and maybe it was because, you know, that position we were rotating different bodies due to injuries and things like that. And when he came in and he had his, you know, he got a little bit of a starting role at that safety spot, really kind of feel like he was comfortable and, you know, he was popping the pads and making some plays. And, you know, rookies do make mistakes. That's what they do. And, you know, he, you know, had a couple. But at the end of the day, I kind of feel like, that could be a potential spot for him possibly, you know, where he could end up transitioning from corner to safety, you know, maybe permanently. So, yeah, I really like that a lot. Uh, we'll have to tweet that out that, that you've got Pinnock on, on your radar here. And, uh, you know, I got two, two questions, one football related and then one personal here. Um, I'm going to go with the personal first. I noticed that in your uh, Twitter profile, uh, you ran track at Louisville? Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm just curious. I'm a track guy myself. Um, I ran the 400, 400 hurdles, did some pole vault. Uh, what were your Oh, events? wow, you were an athlete. Well, I tried. <laughs> oh, Hello? Did we lose him there? No, I'm still here. I was just, I was just saying you're an athlete, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, 
12, 12 six foot jumper. Um, that was probably about my claim to fame. But uh, yeah, what events did you run? The one hundred, two hundred, and the sixty meter dash. Wow. Okay. Short distance. Yeah, that that that's what's up right there. My, I think my coach didn't like me making me run the four hundred meter a bunch of times and, and throw me on the relay as well. Um, that's a dog race right there. <laughs> it is. That is big fact. That's great, man. That's great. Um, all right. So final question. Um, what would be your season prediction uh, for this team as far as, you know, what expectations uh, can you see for this team as far as, you know, being more relevant within the AFC East, our own conference, or possibly do you have a number of games that you can you foresee the Jets potentially hitting this year? I think they could get um yeah, I think they could be an eight-win team, you know, being that hunt towards the end. And then, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, that fall to a little bit at the end, but I think they could for sure be in the hunt this year because they're um, – there's a lot more talent, but that that schedule is brutal, man. Like, the beginning of it, yeah. like, if they don't handle business early, they could be two and eight, <laughs> you know, say, or two and ten. Because even, like, when the bye approaches, like, they still have two tough games right after. I think they play, like, the Patriots and mm-hmm. the after their bye or something like that. So it's man, they gotta bring you early, you know. Like they got, they, they yeah. can't make it to buy like two and eight. Ah, oh, that ain't it. So right, yeah. We remember Brady Quinn giving a, a pretty pretty uh, harsh reality with his expectations, and you know I didn't want to be the guy. And after looking at the the first nine weeks, and I was like, you know, if things don't go right off the bat for this team. Uh, hang on, you know, because it could be a, one rough ride for the first two months. And then on the second half, it does look like there's a little bit more of competitive teams for us. And it could be a tale of two scripts, which we've seen many of times throughout recent years. Uh, but I like that assessment. And I think eight games would definitely be a good benchmark for this team. And anything above that would be exceeding expectations. Uh, Dylan, any, um, uh, final questions or anything that you have for DJ uh, before we let him go? Nah, I'm all out of questions. Just thank you so much and I hope best of luck on whatever you do next and we're definitely going to miss you here over at Jets Twitter. I'm going to for sure miss you guys too. Right on. Um, DJ, if there's anything that you'd like to say, um, you know, any parting words or anything like that, the floor is yours. Uh, We appreciate, you know, uh, bringing some fire uh, you know, to the to the beat, and uh, you know, I, I I was there in attendance last year for a handful of practices, and uh, I must say I was looking forward to uh, rubbing elbows with you once again. But uh, best of luck to you on on your future uh, endeavors here. And uh, if you have anything to say, you know, please uh, now's the time. Yeah, man. As I said before, like, I just really appreciated how the Jeff fan base uh, embraced me, and I, I really enjoy how. You know, we kind of grew <laughs> together, you know what I'm saying? While while we're, you know, watching the Jets go through another rebuild, um, you guys challenged me a lot, and it made me a better reporter, made me a better writer, um, things of that nature. And I just, you know, I enjoyed There weren't that many dull days covering the Jets. <laughs> That's the truth. For sure. Right on. Well, you always have a friend here um, at Jet Nation. Uh, you know, if there's anything that we can do for you, um, you know, we uh, follow each other on Twitter. Please don't hesitate to reach out. 
you ever want to come back on the show, you know, maybe we could talk around that Miami and uh, Jets game. I think that's in October. So don't know what your schedule is going to be like, but open-ended invitation to the pod. And uh, as we said before, best of luck with everything, DJ. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. All right, folks. Uh, great interview there, DJ Bienemy of the Daily News. Um, sadly to say, this is his last week, and he will be moving on, uh, possibly doing something different. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, you know, his Twitter account is uh, pretty awesome, and I'm sure you know we'll be finding out very, very soon uh, what he's got going on here. And uh, Dylan, I must say, this last month has been a lot of fun uh, booking these interviews. Uh, you know, with Emery Hunt uh, about a month ago, and then we had Green Bean come on last week. We had Mike Westoff. If you haven't listened to that show, please go back and, and check out last week's episode. That was great, too. And I think, you know, kind of putting a, a bow on this last four weeks right here with DJ has just made it all the better, uh, not only just for our listeners, but for you and I also to interact uh, with some people, you know, from, you know, the outside media circle here. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, really, really excited about everything that we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, man, 100% agree. The last four weeks have been a blast. I wasn't here for Emory, but throughout Green Bean and Coach Westoff and DJ, it's, it's just been it, – it makes it all that much better when, when you sit down and record knowing that you have another great guest lined up. Um Sadly, we don't have one for next week yet. We're still working on it. Maybe we will by the time uh, we open up on Tuesday. But as of right now, I mean, yeah, this is a great month of June. We're kicking off summer, right? And hopefully it just continues because this is awesome. Yeah, right on. And uh, I think next week what we'll do is we'll probably do maybe a little bit of a deep dive on the uh, New York Jets flight show. Maybe we'll talk about what our favorite episode is. Uh, sleeper alert, we already talked about uh, my little uh, sound clips from episode four. It's probably going to be mine, but mm-hmm. there's so much to take in from those shows. So we'll probably do a little bit of a deep dive on those shows and, you know, see if we can uh, pick the brains of some fans and some listeners and, and see what they're thinking as well. So uh, I think this is a good uh, point in the show to where we'll uh, – call it a night here, Dylan. Any uh, parting thoughts before we uh, sign off for the night? No, just another great one, and uh, hopefully I'll get into uh, Coach Westoff's book this weekend when I get some free time. Yes, uh, I'm definitely looking forward. My Mine will be coming on the way very soon and definitely going to uh, chew into that for a little bit. Uh, Mike Westoff's book, Figure It Out. All right, so uh, before we go here, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mile Social, for everything that they do for Jet Nation. Uh, go to Mile Social's website to see how you can improve your business's social media status. And lastly, you got to go to JetNation.com, uh, get involved in the forums, one of the most active NFL forums in the league. You can download our app. We are on Google Play, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, I believe we're on Spotify, YouTube. Uh, You can follow us on uh, Instagram. We've got some things going on there as well. Glenn Naughton's on the scene doing some YouTube stuff. 
So everybody's uh, keeping busy, making sure we get all the listeners out there as much Jets content as we can. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Again, special thanks to DJ Enemy. Good luck on everything that you got going on moving forward, buddy. Uh, friend of the pod, and like we said, you can always come back on anytime you like. So everybody have a great week. We will see you next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., Jet Nation Radio. And as always, let's go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.